Welcome to our new Front Row podcast series from Faith and Reason, entitled Revelation, The Long Shadow of Biblical Violence. This podcast series is about perhaps the most challenging and controversial book in the New Testament. This second episode, Texts of Terror in a New Terrorism, focuses again on the question, how does Revelation fit with our awareness of the nonviolent historical Jesus? Our podcast guests are Dr. Charlene Sinclair and the Reverend Peter Larman, who approach Revelation from very different positions. Reverend Larman is speaking. Well, thinking about what we talked about last time, and specifically what you, Dr. Charlene Sinclair, talked about last time, my response is, what the hell? I mean, what the hell, literally. Here I am, I'm a Christian minister, been a Christian minister for a while, I've got my violent tendencies, but I've been both attracted and repelled by the book of Revelation. Peter Larman is a retired United Church of Christ minister and activist who led Judson Memorial Church in New York and Progressive Christians Uniting in California. He is currently involved with the King and Breaking Silence webinar project of the National Council of Elders and with the development of a new formation called Social Ethics Energizing Democracy. When I was a kid, I tuned into this World Tomorrow broadcast, you know, which is like, uh, whoa, you know, it's all this stuff's going to happen. These armies are going to clash and, you know, the white throne's going to descend. And I'm listening to this stuff on the radio. Then I sent away, this is in, you know, rural Wisconsin. I sent away from for this magazine called The World Tomorrow, big, thick, slick thing. My mom found it in the mail. And she's like, what is this? This is not our church, right? This this stuff is not us. And I kind of realized I was really young. Uh, it, it was sort of like pornographic, right? So I'm going to say to you, Dr. Sinclair, that this is a vile book. It does not belong in the Christian canon. In fact, it's not in the Orthodox Christian book. And it's vile because it portrays Jesus, the Redeemer, the gentle Redeemer, who sacrifices his life for the sake of his people and his cause, some people say for for personal salvation, submits to violence, tells Peter to put his sword down in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here you are saying this is your favorite book, though... I I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know I if know. I can be down with that. Well, look, I you know I I hear the challenge, especially when you stress the doctor in front of my name. It's like you're like, okay, <laughs> so I totally hear that challenge. Dr. Charlene Sinclair is an organizer, thinker, and writer whose work centers on the intersection of race, gender, economy, and democracy. Strongly influenced by the path-breaking thought of the late James Cone, founder of Black Liberation Theology, Dr. Sinclair is committed to fashioning strategies that embrace a liberationist approach to faith and spirituality in the context of popular struggles for racial, economic, and gender justice.
So let me say this, that uh, one of the, but we both share a, a friendship with a, a, a not another doctor, Dr. Obrey Hendricks, right? And uh, Obrey is a biblical scholar. And one of the, the pivotal pieces of his writing for me was an article that he wrote called Guerrilla Exegesis. And in that article, it talks about how that if we are um, if we are committed to liberation, then we've got to approach the Bible in, in guerrilla fashion, finding the places of liberative power and lifting that up like it is our our job to um to not only accept it as a flat body of work, but to look for those places, to get to those places, to lift it up um, and to utilize it, you know, in in this in our strategy for for true freedom. And so I approach revelation in the same way. And for me, there is so much there that is a roadmap to a people that are struggling in an apocalyptic kind of world, right? You know, and remember, apocalypse is not just like brimstone rain, raining down upon us. It is, it is an uncovering. It is a new sight. And so when we think about, uh, I, I, one of my professors used to say, it is a different way of seeing a metanoia that once you see, you can't unsee. And a new world gets created through that sight. And so for me, how do I approach this book in such a way that I am a guerrilla fighter for liberation? What am I finding in it that gives me the tools and the mechanisms for how I, I work with people to see the power and possibility of a different future. And, um, and so I anchor on those pieces that help me understand that. One of the things that I, I love about it, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, again, I'm a woman, I'm a black woman. I'm, um, in these times, you know, definitely a person that speaks to my commitment to reproductive justice and in Revelation 12, which I've done work around, it is all about the woman. You know, it is this cosmic woman that represents the entire reality of the world. And this woman is giving birth to this child that does not become the centerpiece of salvation which makes it, that's what makes it fascinating to me, right? So it doesn't like cast our vision on the 30 something year old Jesus. You know, in all these other books, we go from baby born to now, you know, like, like let's set our sights on this man that will, will save us. But rather it, it takes the baby that has been born and places it places that baby somewhere and the woman engages in a fight with the world. So that's what is it. The beast and the woman are tangling. And what is happening is the beast is coming after this woman over and over and over again. And almost 
actually is successful, but the woman is saved by the earth. The other woman, the, you know, the earth is what rises up. The waters rises up. It is the earth that rises up and saves that woman. And it says, and then her children will be persecuted. And so what this says to me is that if we want to understand a part of salvation, then we need to understand the fact that one of the most dangerous, dangerous weapons in that we have in our arsenal, <laughs> to use like violent language, one of the most dangerous things we have is the power of women to actually fight for that salvation and the power of women to save each other in it. I mean, that to me is amazing. Like if we are thinking about how we are guerrilla readers, then we don't just read from the perspective of the imperial gaze, which only looks at the, the violence of it. We look underneath that. What, is, what else is happening? What All else right, is going on? Me. You're helping me now. You're helping me. You're helping me. I, I never got that part, to be honest with you. It's, it's Wait, a can true I say confession one more thing? I never got I, that I'm going to say one more thing, right? You go because ahead. This, You're on this a is going to like freak you out even more, I think, because it freaked me out. I had to go look for it to make sure I was right. That whole part is all about a birthing. That is, it is an entire birthing process, right? So you have the birth of the child and then the battle, and then the beast is also birthed because you they talk about the beast emerging out of water. It is a birthing that happens because the beast becomes this other thing, this new thing. So it is all of these, these imageries that is about women and creation that sits in that in that body of work. It's amazing. It's amazing. So yes, and you can put doctor in front of my name. I will accept it in this case. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to introduce, because we promised our listeners that we would talk a little bit about terrorism in our own uh, context. And um, and some of that goes back to, at least in, in my reckoning, the use of the term Beast of Babylon, Whore of Babylon by revolutionaries, um, including the 17th century revolutionaries who uh, who uh, went after the uh, royalists in Britain and before that time, the people who were the iconoclasts in the Reformation, they're like, well, the Roman Catholic Church, you know, it's pretty obvious to us who the Whore of Babylon is, so let's go get her, right? Let's go, let's go attack her shrines, right? Particularly feminine shrines. Let's wipe them out, right? There's this current, and I say this as a white man, there's this current in white manism for many, many centuries of, okay, so uh, we will take it upon ourselves to say who, who God's enemies are, and we will take, you know, action um, uh, to do that. Uh, uh, and and you know, inflicting terror from a place of power, and even now, inflicting in, inflicting terror from a from a place of power. Uh, when the United States was 
attacked in 2001, um, the United States and its allies said, well, we'll just take care of this, right? We will take care of this. We will eliminate terror, just as now the state of Israel is saying, we're going to eliminate danger. We're going to eliminate terror, no matter how many people are killed, no matter how many children are killed. Um, we're, you know, we're sort of good at that. We're sort of good at at raising the sword in the name of God. Um, and, you know, um, the, the Crusades were crying out loud, right? Um, again, redemptive right. terror. Right. So talk a little bit with me about the problematic side, because I'm still not quite with you. And I mean, I love it's deeply appealing to me in the in the in the what uh, what uh, yeah boys but, and others call the sorrow songs. I I love the idea of yeah, my but Lord, let's what not a morning let's when not the skies confuse. when the stars begin to fall. But let's not. I know confuse. I'm confusing a lot of stuff here, but you no, know, no, 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 that's no, my point. I'm... You are listening to a Faith and Reason Front Row podcast on the Book of Revelation with Dr. Charlene Sinclair and the Reverend Peter Larman. Front Row is a product of the D.L. Dykes Jr. Foundation. For more information, please visit our website at faithandreason.org and explore our knowledge production programming. We return now to the Texts of Terror in a New Terrorism episode. Dr. Sinclair is speaking. What I'm trying to say is let's not confuse the the human engagement um, with the the biblical story. Right. Like, you know, so let's be careful about is it the biblical story or is it the ways in which those in power, including men, have, you know, especially <laughs> As uh, much as I love you, Peter, especially white men have interpreted the biblical story from their understanding of power, from their place of power. Right. Let's let's be careful, because if we if we want to think about it from that place, like, for example, we have this whole trajectory of apocalyptic literature. So who is the beast and how do I see the beast as opposed to how does someone who is steeped in being the beast see the beast, right? Like how, how might we actually be reading this text and finding different things within it, even, even in our goodness? You know, that it, it is so it Reinhold Niebuhr talks about um the the amorphous middle, you know, the the fact that there there are really good people whose goodness is what they cling to, and whoever can capture them actually can rule the world, right? And so part of it is that if we are reading from that place of dominance and power with an ideal idea of world capture, we read differently, right? Than if we are reading from this place of, we have been those 
that have been oppressed and are looking for a world that is kinder and gentler and one that will give us possibility and hope that we read differently. And so when I read the beast and what they say about the beast, what I read is that this beast looks like nothing I've ever seen. And yet I am trained to follow it. I am trained to move towards it. I am so embraced within it that there is nothing that I am doing in this world that is not anchored in it. And so then it is, so what do I then do? How do I actually peel back from that? Can I peel back from that? Like, those are the questions that this, this makes me ask myself, right? And then, and what has happened is that this, this particular body of work has been captured by those that want us to believe that power looks a particular kind of way. And so we don't read it and say power looks like the woman that escapes. We don't read that part. What right. we read about is the slaughter. Because in this society, slaughter is power. That's and that's what we're fighting against. You know, that's what th this this text is holding both of these contradictions, right? And so when we read the whore of Babylon, we're not reading that, wait, countries are called in the feminine. And what is being stated is that there is an empire that is actually putting on all of the trappings, all of the, the gold, all of the things that is being brought to bear through oppression. And so when that gets coming, when we bring that down, it is a critique against imperial reach. It is a critique around how dare you actually cover yourselves with jewels? How dare you cover yourselves with the very things that have required the death of other humans, right? And so if we think about diamonds, think about the the, the Think about what that means. A diamond is just not a pretty bauble. It has historic violence attached to it. And so depending on how you read the text, where you position yourself in the text, you will read something that is underneath. And so that's that to me is, but others have captured it. You know, we've talked about this. Like, I, yeah, growing up, the, that Left Behind series, I thought it was so cute. I would read it wholesome. Oh, my God. This is so wonderful. It's like Escape to Witch Mountain. It, you know, it's all of these, these amazing things. And it's, it's, but it makes me feel as though somehow I am more worthy than anybody else. Because I get to go to heaven. I get to escape. I get to be brought up. But there's nothing in the book of Revelation that that actually says I now am moved up into this land of like, like, what do they call it? I don't know the, the language around like how people get. I always think this image of rapture. like this, rapture. the rapture. Yes. The rapture. The rapture. Yeah. yeah. The you raptors. Know? It's the raptors who want to get raptured. That's an but interesting little play. That it is, it is. And what is happening is 
the the if you read it from a place of we will get um, raptured by our conquering, then you will move the conquering forward. Right. If you read from a place that says I need to be with God, I do something different because it calls me to do something different. Right. So how I'm reading it, how I capture the text, what I do with the text actually will drive how I behave in the world. Now, I'm your uh, I'm your uh, your congregation here uh, as you're helping me. Uh, but I'm resisting. I'm kind of resisting because, you know, I don't want to say I'm the devil's advocate, but <laughs> let's just say from the point of view of a lot of people who look like me, the viewpoint is, well, if we're not in charge, if we're not the extractive empire, somebody else is going to be. How often do you hear that as as the justification for a winner-take-all society and a winner-take-all country. If we weren't doing this, somebody else would be doing it, and they'd be doing it worse. And so, so here, I, here I am. You know, I'm I'm your um, I'm your I'm going to be your antagonist here and uh, take take the cynical position that violence and domination are just givens. And wow, all of this idea of um, a redemptive strand in the Bible. It's all very well, but you're not living in the real world, Dr. Sinclair. So I'm going to step out of Revelation and I'm going to go right into the Jesus movement. You know, the movement that that most folks talk about. Going to anchor myself in, in that movement. Going to anchor myself even in Paul, right? One of the things that um, you got a that problem with Paul. I'm a Paul fan. I love Paul, actually. All right. I, I love Paul, you know, so I, I'm, I'm going to like just mess everyone's head up like completely about what I love and what I what I take take issue with. But um, one of the things that I appreciate uh, that we talk about in Kairos at Union um, seminary in the Poor People's Campaign uh, talk about is the the collection, the collection for the poor, right? And and this this is an example of what I I mean by this. So you have a people that have been made to be so destitute that they are enslaved, right? And they are the poorest of the poor. And they are figuring out how to support each other across societies, right? Like across societies. Now, let us imagine that they are sitting in the midst of one of the most violent imperial um, realities, the Roman Empire. And yet in the middle of that, they are actually doing this other thing of caring for each other. And imagine that they now become more than that which is oppressing them. And so must violence exist? I don't think it has to. The question becomes, how do 
a, a body of people refuse that violence? That's really the question. Can enough people refuse it? I'm Can with enough you there. refuse? Yeah. I'm with you there. And that's going to be the opening for our next segment, right? Uh, the way forward, the way forward for deliverance in a world that doesn't seem to see a, a way forward. And I hope you know, I was being the devil's advocate just now. Look, Once I'm in a while, I just, I just have to go there. I'm all for okay. it. Okay, do it. We're out. We're all out. Right. <laughs> Until next time. You've been listening to Part 1, Episode 2 of a Faith and Reason Front Row Podcast on the Book of Revelation with Dr. Charlene Sinclair and the Reverend Peter Larman. Visit our website to learn more about these guests at faithandreason.org. This has been a production of the D.L. Dykes Jr. Foundation. 